Hey family, it's Coach Josh, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about the six things you and I must do to attain spiritual maturity and sustain spiritual maturity. So before we get into some of those points, let's lay the foundation with scripture so that we can better understand why you and I must spiritual mature. And the reason why I'm doing this video, I did a poll on my community tab on YouTube, and you guys selected spiritual maturity. So here's that video there. And if you want to engage more with the community, you can do that on the community tab here on YouTube. But there's about six scriptures that really clearly communicate the importance of spiritual maturity. Ephesians 4.15 says this, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head unto Christ. So this scripture is saying that it is our responsibility that we should have an ambition that endeavors to grow in every way. I said this in another video. I talked about how spiritual growth grows every area. And I can also say it this way. Spiritual maturity matures every area. So the more that we understand who we are as spiritual beings, then we'll be able to mature in every dimension of our lives. Colossians 1.28 says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. One of my dear mission statements for myself echoes what I believe John the Baptist says. He says, to present to God a people prepared. That's my mission. That's why you hear me say, to help people grow holistically for God's optimism. Give me one second. So it's my goal in life is to present. Now this scripture right here really warns of that. It says, him we proclaim. As believers, we must proclaim Christ. We must pro proclaim Jesus and who he is and his essence because in him is the embodiment of all the spiritual traits and qualities and characteristics we must display every day to uh, to uh, uh, reveal that spiritual truth. It says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone. That is our responsibilities. Our lives should be a warning and our lives should be a teaching. It says, warning everyone and teaching with all wisdom. Wisdom there means skill. In order for us to be spiritually mature, we have to embody certain skills. We have to be emotionally skillful. We have to be skillful in our love, skillful in our joy, skillful in our patience, skillful in our peace. We have to be skillful in the fruit of the spirit. And so, uh, so that everyone, uh, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. My goal and your goal, whether you have children, whether you have a ministry, whether you have a business, is to a degree, those people that look to you for spiritual growth, our goal is to grow so they can grow. So that we can warn them. That's not the way you talk to your wife. That's not how you talk to your husband. That's not how you talk to your children. And then not just warning, but also teaching them, letting them see the best way of doing the uh, the thing that they're doing. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature. It was talking before that about how milk is for the babes. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I love that verse. One of my favorites. Give me one second again. Let's read it again. But solid food is for mature. So God wants us to go from milk to meat. God wants us to go from um, just sipping on milk to now being able to uh, chew and digest mature things in God. It says here, uh, for those who have their powers of discernment. So through the Holy Spirit, we have been empowered with powers. 
And one of our supernatural powers is discernment. Discernment helps you distinguish. See, the devil is very good at at causing gray and, and, and mixing things and making things seem not as bad as they are. That's why the worst thing they ever did strategically, Satan did this, is to present him uh, in a way that's a uh, red suit, devil horns, pinchfork, um, to present him as something that he's not. But when you begin to understand what the word of God says, that he comes as an angel of light, then you need better light. Right. Because if you don't have a greater light, then you will think the light that's being presented is light, but it's not true light. But we have powers. And so it says here that those who are mature have their powers of discernment. What? Trained. By constant practice. That means every day when you look at something, you should be practicing to see if you can accurately see what it is that's in front of you. Every day you have to examine your impulsiveness, examine your impatience, examine anything that may cloud your judgment and practice those powers. Start discerning, start taking time to think, start taking time to look at things and to allow the powers of discernment to help you distinguish good from evil. That's spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is being able to see a thing accurately, even if what's advertised looks good. Second Peter, oh, uh, James 1, 4, and let steadfast or patience have its full effect that you may be whole, complete, and lacking in nothing. So we see a scripture that I've, I've, I've exegeted uh, plenty of times before, but when I allow patience to have its perfect work, then I would be whole. Wholeness doesn't mean perfect. Wholeness just says I'm mature enough to manage. Complete, meaning I don't go out looking in life, looking for things to complete me. And I can stand anywhere as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, knowing that I lack nothing. See, when you're whole, complete, and you realize you got God that got your back and you have no lack, man, no matter what tries to attack, man, you, you, you're you going to dominate it. Let's keep going. Second <clears throat> uh, Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. That is our responsibility. We have to immerse ourselves in the growing process, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the both glory now to the day of eternity. Amen. So we have to grow. Let's keep going. First Peter 5.10. And after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I love that. First off, he'll restore. <clears throat> Part of the maturing process is being restored. And it's not that God is sending some angel or sending some. He says, I'm going to come myself and restore you. I'm going to restore you to where you rightfully belong. And then when I restore you, then you people will see that you have been confirmed as my child. It's something beautiful about the restoration process and then God confirming you that he is, that, that you are his. <clears throat> Meaning that, that when people see you, they, they see that you're backed by God. So he said him himself will restore, confirm, then strengthen and establish it. That's a process. That's a principle. You have to first be restored. You have to then be confirmed. Then you, then from that confirmation, you're strengthened, and then you will be established. That's maturity. Let's keep going. I have some points of spiritual maturity, and then we're going to talk about how to mature spiritually. I put here spiritual maturity 
Oh, wrong one. Spiritual maturity matters, but it must matter to us. Spiritual maturity matters. It matters more, not just for you, but for those connected to you. <clears throat> In order for my marriage to grow, I have to be spiritually mature. In order for my daughter to grow holistically, I have to be spiritually mature. In order for my businesses and my ministry and all these different things that I'm doing, in order for them to grow, I have to grow. I have to mature in the things of God. See, when I'm mature in the things of God and it matters to me, then I will do the disciplines. I will do whatever it takes to grow. Spiritual maturity matures every area. I know I said it, but I want you to hear it again. My spiritual maturity matures every area because when I mature spiritually and I begin to embody <clears throat> what it means to walk in love, what it means to be strengthened by joy, what it means to be a peacemaker, what it means to be patient. When I begin to mature spiritually, those fruit of the spirit, those interconnected potent gifts of the spirit or, or fruits of the spirit, will begin to flood in every area. Then your marriage will naturally be more loving. Then, then your kids will be more joyful. Then your home will be more peaceful. So you see how spiritual maturity matures every area. Next point. Um, spiritual maturity doesn't mean, I didn't finish the sentence here, but spiritual maturity, I was taking so, no, so many quick, so quick. But spiritual maturity doesn't mean that you know more scripture than somebody. Doesn't mean you are, are because you're uh, uh, exegetically uh, equipped that that means you're spiritually mature. Those things don't mean you're spiritually mature. Those are just things in your knowledge bank. You just know scripture, but can you show scripture? A lot of people know scripture, but they can't show scripture. When tested, the scripture don't come out because when you embody the 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 word of God and it, and it's coming from the spirit, man, the core of you. Then no matter where you are, it doesn't matter if you know a lot of scripture or not, no matter if you know a lot of doctrine or not, no matter what you know, you actually show. There's people who know, who show more scriptures of love than they know scriptures of love. There's people who show more scriptures of joy than those who know scriptures of joy. There's people who show more peace than those who know more scriptures than peace, right? So it's not about what you know. It's about what you show. It's not about what you know. It's about what shows and what flows. And also says a maturity means being able to manage things the way they were meant to be managed. Maturity means being able to manage things the way they were meant to be managed. God has a way for marriage to be managed, children to be managed, and you have to be mature. That's why it's important to understand process. That in order for me to have the best in my marriage, to have the best with my children, to have the best in life, I have to mature to my best. If I don't mature, then I can't bring the cure. I, if I don't mature, then I won't allow uh, the things that are pure to really incubate it in all the dimensions of my life. And so when you begin to think about spiritual maturity, did you marry somebody before you were spiritually mature? Did you have children before you were spiritually mature? When you when you when you do these different things, start a business, start a ministry, start a marriage, start having kids and you're not spiritually mature, then you're not able to manage them. How can you manage a child, manage a marriage, manage all these different things if you and I don't understand love in a deeper way, understand joy in a deeper way, understand peace in a deeper way? I was talking to my kids, 16, 18 year olds today. 
And I was talking about how generational wounds and how they wound generationally and how a, a parent can, can, the way they were parent will make them go to the other extreme of the parenting. And then the way they parent their child, even though they may not wound the child the way they were wounded, they will wound the child at the other, at, at the other side of the wound. For instance, if you have a, a, a parent that grew up very sheltered, very protected, when they have kids, what's going to happen? They're going to be extra loose. And when they become extra loose with their children, their children become open to certain things. And then now the child, then repeats the cycle. And so spiritual maturity is paramount because that's who we really are. If I, if I mature from the core of me, then there won't be nothing poor in me. So when I mature from the core of me and I begin to understand the word of God and I begin to incubate in the word of God and I begin to feed my spirit, man, then my emotional soulish realm begins to be renewed and then addictions will fall off the physical. So spiritual maturity is being able to manage the things that were, that they, that they were designed to be managed. So when we understand it, we'll say, okay, I have to mature. And if you're married already, got kids already, that's why you need this message. I have to mature. Because the more I mature in the things of God, the more I begin to mature in areas. So time to just keep going. Here's a definition of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity involves the elite development of one's spiritual and moral dimensions. That means this. No, none of us are, are going to be fully grown spiritually. But when we grow, when we are mature spiritually, we're operating at the baseline level and up. The base, I'm talking about the floor of maturity. You're able to manage this thing effectively. Growing in maturity means, for instance, I may be mature enough to be a husband, but I have to grow in maturity of husbandhood because my wife is maturing. The more my wife grows, I have to grow. Even though I have the foundational elements of spiritual maturity when it comes to a husband, spiritual maturity when it comes to parenting, by God's grace, I still got to grow. Because as those things grow, my quote-unquote spiritual maturity may be antiquated. Or it may be uh, uh, where, where I got to pull deep from deeper in my bag spiritual maturity to be able to handle that error. So that means not only do I need to become spiritually mature, I have to sustain spiritual maturity. So you just can't reach a level in God and be like, okay, I made it. No, no, no. I got to keep making it. I got to continue to sustain it. I just can't be like, oh, I, <clears throat> there was a time where I was super spiritual mature. If you still stand where you stood spiritual maturity, then you won't be able to stand in maturity as everything continues to grow beyond you. So just because we reach spiritual maturity and some level of development, we got to sustain that maturity and almost at times elevate that maturity because we're going from glory to glory, right? So there's there's deeper depths or deep deep uh a higher heights of spiritual maturity, right? And so even though you may have met the baseline floor of spiritual maturity, you understand love, you understand joy. In, in order to go from glory to glory, I gotta continue to mature in my story, right? It says it encompasses emotional and intellectual growth within the context of faith and divine understanding. When you and I have divine understanding, then we'll have design understanding. Let's make that make sense. When I have divine understanding, when I understand the things of God in a deeper way, then I will understand design. 
When I have divine understanding, I will have design understanding. When I understand God more and I get to know him more, then I will begin to understand the, the designs, the original designs of marriage. I will begin to understand the original designs of parenting. I will begin to understand the original designs of ministry. I will begin to understand the original designs of entrepreneurship and business. Everything in life has original designs. But if I don't understand the divine, I won't be able to respect his designs. And if I don't respect his designs, I will not be able to build something that will last over time. If I want my marriage to last over time, if I want my if I want 40 years from now, everyone saying, man, he was a great father. I got to understand God's designs. How did God design marriage? How did God design parenting? How did he design it? And if I don't understand the divine, his character, his attributes, how he's pruning me, how he's developing me, then I will overlook the designs and then I will have a mess over time. So it says it encompasses emotional intellectual growth within the context of faith and divine understanding. A spiritually mature individual demonstrates a balanced, thoughtful approach to life. They're able to see both sides and balance it out. See, in order for me to make sense of things in front of me, I have to have a balanced outlook of it. I have to see both sides. If I only look at one side, then that one side would be too elevated in my mind and I can make then make a bad decision. But spiritual maturity says I have a balanced, thoughtful approach to everything. So because I know every quarter has two sides, every sheet of paper has two sides, every piece of bread has two sides, then I, in, in every situation, I look at both sides. That will then keep me balanced. So when somebody offends you, you can look at it in a balanced way. When, when something happens in your life, then you can count all joy and it will balance itself out and you won't be in one of the extremes. So a spiritual mature individual demonstrates a balanced, thoughtful approach to life. Aligning their decisions and actions with spiritual principles, exhibiting emotional resilience rooted in faith. That's key. Man, I, I mean, that's a lot of. Oh, so it says aligning their decisions and actions with spiritual principles. So for instance, it is our responsibility to read scriptures looking for principles and patterns. Principles are the bedrock of success. In order for there to be success, I have to install certain principles. That's why the Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. Like, 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 like a, a, a secular person practicing biblical principles will have more success in business than a man or woman of God who don't know God's principles of business and they won't have success. So there are a lot of secular people that use, not secular people, people who are not saved, who are using biblical principles and are still getting success. The issue is most of modern day Christianity is all about emotionalism. It's all about what can I get? It's not about principles. It's not about uh, uh, stacking one's life in accordance to biblical principles. If you want to be a prince that is going to eventually be a king, you got to understand principles. Because if you as a prince, I got to look at principles because I know I got to be a king one day and you got to be a queen one day. So they align their decisions and actions with spiritual principles. Do you have spiritual principles backing up your dominant actions? If you want success in a certain area, install biblical principles in those areas, find the patterns, and then pattern your life in accordance. They said exhibiting emotional resilience, 
rooted in faith. That's why we get frustrated with God when God tests our faith. But a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. And so that's why things seem long and they take forever is because God wants to fortify your faith. So a spiritual mature person has emotional resilience rooted in faith. They know I have to suffer a while. I have to go through things a while. I have to let patience have its perfect work. And it says, and taking responsibility for their spiritual journey with wisdom and understanding. I love that. We have to take responsibility for our spiritual journey. Christ has done. The Bible says, if, if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. God wants to see how much you want to put in. God only goes, God only went all the way one time. Now he's going halfway. God has already went all the way one time, and that was saving your life and saving my life. Now God says, I, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. How bad do you want to be spiritually mature? How much do you want to be spiritually mature and to be able to manage everything in your life at a high level? It all boils down to responsibility. Now, here's the path to spiritual maturity, and then we'll get to my six points and I'm out Charles way. Here's the path to spiritual maturity. And these, these six Ds. Number one, God wants us to get to a spiritual dominance. Spiritual maturity is spiritual dominance. Dominating this dark spiritual world, infusing in it, in it the intangible fruit of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to dominate business. God wants you to dominate uh, a marriage. What I mean by that, we're not talking about dominate your wife or spouse, but dominate, like, like stand in dominion, guard your marriage, manage your marriage, tend your flock. Whatever you don't tend will end. That's why I tend my wife. I tend that beautiful flower. I tend my daughter. I tend because if I don't tend, it'll end. <clears throat> so I got to be tended in order for me to tend them. But in order for us to operate as spiritual dominance, number two, we have to be spiritually disciplined. In order for us to get to a level of spiritual truth where we're dominating in the favor of God, surrounding us like a shield, and we're exhibiting or experiencing high level success in that dominance where, where kings, queens, and, and, and leaders of, of, of different industries are coming to you because you're dominating your world. See, I have to dominate my world in order for people to say, hey, coach, I'll pay you a high premium to help me in my marriage, to help me in my ministry, help me in my business, help me in this area. I have to execute dominance for people to be able to say, okay, I can go to him because I want some of that dominance. Dominance is confidence. Dominance is, is being able to say you walk in a room and the demons shake because of the God in you. And there's a level of humility where you're able to still uh, 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 deal with truth and love, grace and truth. And there's a there's a level of touch about you, and a level of truth about you. But in order for the, us to reach that spiritual dominance, that's a result of spiritual maturity, I have to be spiritually disciplined, meaning that I have to be disciplined in reading my word, disciplined in prayer. Like you just can't desire spiritual maturity. You have to be disciplined towards spiritual maturity. There's things you have to do in order for that to become a residue on your life. So in order for me to reach spiritual dominance, I have to be spiritually disciplined. In order for me to be spiritually disciplined, I have to be a spiritual disciple. All of us are disciples of something or someone, and all of us are not disciples of God, even though we say we are. We're not disciples of Jesus. We're just not. If, we, if we're really being honest, 
right? In order for me to be spiritually disciplined and operate in spiritual dominance, I have to be a disciple of his. That means there comes a period of time where I have to sit in his teachings, grow in his principles, grow in his teachings, and allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate levels of understanding that then leads to disciplines lasting a longer period of time that will in install in me a level of dominance. But in order for me to get to that disciple level, I have to make a decision. And before I make a decision, I have to have a desire. And before I have the desire, I have to be drawn. So in order for me to get to that spiritual dominance, I have to be like, God, you drew me? Not only did you draw me, but you're drawing me? See, when you know that you've been drawn by God, and that God has already drawn an image that he wants you to bear, then there's something that, that, that says, you pursued me? Like, when I was in my life and doing what I had to do, you pursued me? You mean to tell me, like, that? Like imagine the impact Jesus had on the woman at the well. People don't understand that story in this context. The woman at the well, the Bible says that she went to draw water at high noon. We're talking about the Middle East, my people. We're talking the Middle East. We're talking about it's hot. So you and I always ask my students. I say, why do you think she drew water from the well in the midst of heat like hell? Why did she go at noon? Why? It's because all the quote unquote good women drew their water when it was cooler. They either drew their water early in the morning or late in the evening. But the women like this, the women that was kind of out there. The women that was in the strip club stripping, the women that were sleeping with people's husbands, the women that was embarrassed because they're, they're, of their promiscuity, they, they went to draw from the well at noon. And Jesus told his boys to go further, go get some food. And he decided to sit at the well when it was hot like hell so that she can find the true well, so that she can end up well. Man. So where has God been sitting waiting for us? And when I realized that God drew me, even though I was trying to draw from another well, but he drew me and revealed to me that he was the well of life. Man, that then builds a desire. Oh, you drew me? Now I desire you. And that desire <clears throat> then leads to a decision. Well, now that I have a desire to follow you, then there comes a step that you can't go beyond. Desire only leads you to a point. Then next you have to make a decision to be a disciple. No, I'm going to humble my life under your teachings and I'm going to let you disciple me. And then I become disciplined and then I operate in dominance. Now let's talk about how to mature spiritually. M-A, <clears throat> excuse me, T-U-R-E. How to mature spiritually. Number one, M, maintain a gratitude practice and get to know God more. If you want to mature spiritually and to be able to manage the important things of life at a high level where they too can rise to higher levels, you have to maintain a gratitude practice and get to know God more. The more we get to know God, the more we get to know ourselves. The more we get to know ourselves, the more we get to know what we're supposed to do. The more we get to know what we're supposed to do, then the more we get to know the one that God has for us to be our boot etc, etc, etc. The more I get to know God, the more I begin to see why I must mature and the more that I want to be like him. The more I get to know God, I see that he's loving, kind, gentle, patient and how he's treated me and how he's treated those around me. It, it inspires you to say, I want to be more like him. 
the more I get to know him, the more I want to be like him. And then number two, I have to maintain a gratitude practice. If you want to mature uh, spiritually, you got to put gratitude, you got to make gratitude a practice. You got to be grateful even when you feel hateful. You got to be grateful even when you don't feel like it. That shapens your perspective and helps you practice what it means to have a balanced approach in life. A. A. Adopt a learning mindset. Adopt a learning mindset. Cultivate a mindset of continuous learning by embracing biblical teachings and wisdom to deepen your understanding of God's principles. Yes, be grateful for the person. Get to know the person. Now, adopt the mentality that will then now adopt the principles. I've accepted the person. I'm in awe of the person, but now I have to adopt his principles if I truly want to be mature. I got to adopt the principles of marriage, adopt the principles of parenting, adopt the principles of business. I got to adopt the biblical principles if I want to mature. So I have to cultivate a mindset that continues learning. Like the moment you stop learning, you stop earning. The moment you stop learning, the moment we stop learning, the more we stop earning. The more I learn, the more I earn. So when you have that mindset that, God, I want to learn even deeper depths of love. I want to learn even deeper. Depth. That's why when I get to these scriptures and the reason why you guys listen to what I do and they all make comments, say the word is rich. The word is deep here because I have a continuous learning mindset. God, show me. I always ask God this. I always ask God, show me something in the scripture that you've never showed another person. Help me to deliver this scripture in a way you never delivered in a person. That's why when you have that mentality, it doesn't matter how many coaching programs I do. It don't matter how many videos I do on a particular topic. It continues to have more. T, trust the process. Trust in the unfolding of your spiritual journey. Recognizing that challenges are opportunities for growth and contribute to over to your overall maturity. So you have to trust the process. Not like the 76ers, but you got to trust the Holy Spirit's process. When you understand sanctification, and the Bible says the will of God is your sanctification, then you understand the will of God more when you understand sanctification more. That God's will is to sanctify you, is to purge out of you, to prune out of you anything that's not like him. So when you're uh, uh, embracing this walk with God, all of us ran to the altar. That was the quickest, the quickest route to God was going on our knees in prayer, going to an altar center. But the journey is long. I've been walking with God since I was little, man. And man, it's a long journey. That's why I tell people, don't, don't let your excitement be diminished because you didn't have a deeper understanding of how long this walk with God is. Like, like God slowly unfolds things into your life to grow you, to slow you, to, 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 to show you different things. Like, like you got to trust the process. Like there's a reason why you may not be married. There's a reason why you're not married right now. There's a reason why that promotion hasn't come. There's a reason because God is still unfolding. It's little by little. Because he knows, man, if I if I just flap the sheets out like that, man, he's going to pop off. 
You're going to just fly places. I got to slowly unfold the steps in front of you so that you will be able to understand the beauty of being able to walk and to be able to understand the strength in your legs. Then, then I may unfold a little extra here. I may unfold a little extra there. And you may be able to run. You may be able to have a pace. And then I'm going to slow you down again. You see what I'm saying? And so when you understand that, then you'll begin to say, okay, man, I got to trust the process. Let me get to your question in a minute, my sister. You understand the purpose of spiritual maturity. Reflect on why spiritual maturity is crucial. Recognizing it's not just for personal growth, but to align with God's plan and be a source of inspiration and guidance for others. So you have to understand spiritual maturity is not just about you. I have to grow spiritually mature so that when I lead my wife and lead my family, there's no nervousness. There's no fear, right? How, how can she be strong in faith if I'm full of fear? So I have to understand the person's spiritual maturity. When I understand there's a reason for me to be spiritually mature, then I will mature. I got to reflect on why spiritual maturity is crucial. Think about your children. Think about your children's children. Think about your everything that's around you and say, okay, if I mature in love, what happens to my marriage? If I mature in joy, what happens to my children? If I mature in peace, what happens to my job? What if I or my business? If I mature, imagine when we begin to mature and understand why, then we will become a source of inspiration and guidance. God is looking for people who are mature because then that will inspire other people and then that will be a, a, a map of guidance for other people. R, repent and release. You knew repentance was going to get here somewhere. Acknowledge and repent for any spiritual shortcomings. Then release guilt and embrace forgiveness, allowing space for maturity to grow. So it's hard for us to spiritually grow if we got stuff in life that slows the process. If you got sin or if you got shame, then you're not going to win in this game. You're not. If you're harboring sin and you're harboring shame, no wonder you're losing games. So you got to begin to say, I got to repent for these sins. I got to repent for that lust, arrogance, pride, envy, jealousy, insecurity, whatever the sin is. You got to repent from and say, God, help me to turn away from this. I renounce and I repent and I renounce all satanic connections from this sin that I've been committed. I receive the imputed rights of Jesus and I reflect on that I stand in right standing before God. So therefore, Satan, demons, loose my life. I have repented. Now, Holy Spirit, help me to live in repentance by changing directions and following the path that I should. Then you got to release. You got to say, okay, I got to release this shame and guilt. I got to release the, this insecurity. I got to release this. I got to let it go because I got to be mature for the others. You got to release that. And the best way to release that internal shame and guilt is to reflect or study the imputed rights of Jesus. What that mean? When Jesus was on the cross, he fully took our sins and he gave us his full righteousness, his full coat of righteousness. So that when we stand before God, we stand as if we never sinned because he took our sin on the cross. That's imputed rights. That means I'm in right standing before God when it comes to my salvation and heaven. That imputed righteousness then sparks or initiates the cleansing 
of righteousness. Now, I may be, a lot of people are in right standing with God, but they're not walking in righteousness. They're not allowing the cleansingness, the cleansing of righteousness to cleanse them. And so when you begin to reflect on that, I've been made holy because of Christ and I'm now righteous because of him, that then humbles you to say, okay, God, help me to live righteous in my life. And it starts with getting that shame and guilt out of your life because, you know, God's going to use the God use all scraps. God's like, you know, you know, when you uh, stay with your mom and all that stuff and you went downstairs, and you're like, mama, there ain't nothing to eat. Mama said, go back down there. That's food down there. You go back down in the refrigerator. No food. Mama, I don't see no food. Mama gets frustrated. Get out the way. And mama goes down and makes a whole cooked meal. You're like, where did mom find these ingredients? God uses all ingredients, even if you see no ingredients. And most of us can't even see how those issues and those experiences are actually ingredients for the gumbo that's going to taste well through your life. So God wants to use that abandonment. That's that garlic powder. Then God's going to take that resentment and be like, oh, oh that's that, that rosemary. Then God's going to be like, all right, man, uh, let me use uh, uh, this over here. And, and the next thing you know, everything's seasoned. Everything tastes well. Then all of a sudden when people eat from it, I'm like, man, who cooked this? God did. So you got to repeat release. Eat. You got to execute now. You actually got to do it. Execute spiritual disciplines. Consistently practice spiritual disciplines such as prayer, meditating, and studying scripture to nurture and strengthen your spiritual connection. Understand? So <clears throat> it is important that we practice. The level of your performance is always going to equal the level of your practice. Low practice, low performance. Medium practice, medium performance. High practice, intense practice, intense, high level performance. Look at your performance, then look at your practice. When you're in certain places around certain people, how do you perform? If you perform more like the world than you do like God, then your practices are not good. I can't expect to, to go out on the basketball court and ain't practicing months and then operate in elite condition, conditioning or operating elite performance. If you want to perform at a high level, you must practice at a high level. What you do in the dark will be shown in the light. You can talk a big game online. You can talk a big game in the comments. You can talk a big game wherever you do your talking. But when people see you're walking, they'll really see if you got what you've been talking. So if you want to be spiritually mature as a husband, spiritually mature as a wife, as a parent, as a teen, as a student, wherever you, as a single person, you got to say, my performance matches my practice. And if I elevate my practices, my performances will elevate. The more I elevate the person of God in my heart and mind, the more I elevate my practices. The more I elevate my practices, the more I elevate my performance. And the more I elevate my performance, then I can elevate the prosperity that comes with it. The prosperity in my marriage, the prosperity with your children, prosperity everywhere. Able to push back demonic spirits and, and all that kind of stuff. Consistently practice spiritual disciplines such as prayer, meditation, studying scripture to nurture. You have to nurture. Man, if I don't nurture my wife, man, man, I, I ain't going to get nothing from her. If I don't nurture my daughter, I ain't going to get nothing from her. If I don't nurture my relationships, my connections, I don't get nothing from her. The more I nurture, the more I practice these different things, the more I nurture. So when I practice walking in love and doing all the stuff in marriage, it nurtures and strengthens the marriage. 
And so when you begin to think about that with God, you want to strengthen that connection. You want to strengthen your understanding so that you can stand with strength under no matter what pressure you face. So I pray this message was a blessing to you. In order for you to mature spiritually, you got to uh, uh, get to know God more and maintain a practice of gratitude. Next, you have to adopt a learning mindset. T, you must trust the process. You must, you must understand the purpose of spiritual maturity. R, you must repent and release. E, you must execute the spiritual disciplines to become spiritually mature. So let's see. We got a couple of questions here. Love Keys, thank you so much for your super chat. Thank you so much for giving. I appreciate your uh, your generosity. And for those who want to give, thank y'all so much. For those, those, everyone who's been supporting financially, greatly appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for um, y'all just being so generous to me, man. I appreciate it. She says, how do we integrate personal evolution into business? Man, my sister, you're at the right week. This week, we're going to be talking about God's version of success. If you haven't already, Join my masterclass. Let me see if I'm going to post that link for you. Because this week I'm going to be talking about entrepreneurship and business. And I'm going to be doing a lot more videos on that because that's that's just who I am. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, last week, oh man, y'all, please, y'all, listen. Join this masterclass. The revelations the Holy Spirit shared last week about the manufacturing mindset and it ain't going to make it to YouTube. It ain't. I told the people, now I might take a little snip. You know what I mean? But that was so powerful. Go sign up for the free masterclass series for December. The link is in the description box below. It's in the chat right now. Sign up for that masterclass and listen to that manufacturing mindset. It'll change, change, your, it'll change your mindset. It will teach you the difference between being a storage facility-minded person and being a manufacturing-minded person. And, uh, and if you need more help in that area, you want to grow mentally and shift and take a look at my mindset program. I'm just taking little snippets from my programs and creating master classes <clears throat> so you guys can get a taste of what it's like to be in a program of mine through Zoom. But let's get answer my uh, uh, our sister's question. How do we integrate personal evolution into business? Great question. Well, when you look at business and you understand business from God's perspective, that God is a king. Kings handle business. When you think about business, uh, uh, this is the only era that really has more employees than they have entrepreneurs. That has more employees than they do have business owners. In the Bible days, they there were more business owners than employees. The only two groups of people that were employed were those who sold themselves into slavery to pay off debts or soldiers. Those are the only two groups that were employees. Everybody else had or partnered with businesses. So the Bible is full of business material. And when we understand uh, uh, that everyone has a business, maybe not a business they start, but everyone has a business, then you'll begin to see, oh, so Paul had a tent business? All the people that Jesus selected were business owners. One was a tax collector. He worked for the government. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is like the fishermen, all these different people. But the more you grow spiritually, you can then infuse all the fruits of the spirit. Let me say this. All the fruits of the spirit are intangible things that sustains a business. Love, customer service, joy, a, a business environment, peace, peace. 
uh, 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 problem solving and conflict, patience, being able to to uh, 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 soften wrath or or being patient with a customer, being patient with business and process. So all these fruits of the spirit can integrate. That just gave me a revelation. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the fruit of the spirit, do a video on how they support business. And when you grow in the fruit of the spirit, it then evolves and grows your business. So uh, my friend, be on the lookout for that video, but sign up for this week's masterclass. You're going to learn about how God's version of success is holistic success, and you'll begin to see how the holes in your life can put holes in your business and holes in your returns financially. And so for those who are entrepreneurs, those who are professionals, those who are, are high-level or beginner-level entrepreneurs or individuals like that, check out or those who are aspiring to be successful in any area, whether it's in the arts or whatever, this week's masterclass is so uh, uh, it's going to be good this Thursday, 8 p.m. But you integrate it by be allowing the Holy Spirit to integrate in you those spiritual uh, fruit that will then permeate from it. But I'm gonna work on that video for you because that video right there is gonna it's gonna help a lot of a lot of individuals. So thank you for your question and thank you for your support. You can tell she's an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs they invest in themselves. They they they'll say, you know what, I'm going I'm going to give us a little, I'm going to give to get. You know that's just how we think. So I'm working on that video. Give me some time to work on that for you. Living Adventure says, how to know that God is removing friends from life when they start uh, uh, acting different? When God starts revealing their true nature? When God starts revealing how they really feel about you, He starts removing those friends out of your life. So you have to have eyes to notice because some of the Everything that God reveals to us was already revealed. Some of us, we think that, oh, I just got it. No, God's been trying to show you. But God's been, been doing things in your life to help take the scales off so that you can see. So you got to ask yourself, you got to ask God, help me to notice what you want me to notice. Hope that You're so welcome, my sister. How to notice. Oh, gotcha. What's up, Coach Josh? Came in a bit late. No problem, fam. You here now? But how do you pick out biblical principles while reading? What do they consist of? In examples, great. James 1, 2. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And when patience has had its full effect, you will then be complete lacking nothing. So that verse has at least five steps or five principles. The way you pick out biblical principles is to really read it. And when you read it, look for the principles. You have to have a mind that looks. Like, for instance, when I got my Lexus, I didn't really notice Lexus is like that. But when I got the Lexus, I've been noticing my Lexus all the time, every day. You don't notice what you don't notice. But when you have it and you're taking notice, you will notice it everywhere. For instance, in order for me, look at the bottom, look at the top. In order for me to be whole and complete and lacking in nothing, I first need to know how to do spiritual mathematics. The principle is I didn't know how to do spiritual math. I didn't know how to count everything as joy because I know that everything has two sides. So if I have a negative experience right now, there's a positive experience that's on the opposite side of this and it's going to soon be in my life. Then here comes the process. I have to count it all joy when I meet trials of various kinds. That in order for me to have optimum success 
in a situation, I have to meet it with joy. It's hard to cultivate joy in the middle of a trial. You have to have the joy already so that when you meet the trial, then you will meet the trial with joy. Next, you have to understand that various trials makes you versatile. So when I count it all joy, count all joy when I meet trials of various kinds, and I know that various trials makes me versatile. When I count all joy, uh, count all joy, you meet trials of various kinds, knowing this, I have to know that a faith that, ha- that a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. So my faith has to be tested in order for my faith to be trusted. Then I have to let patience work. So that I can be, when patience has its full effect, I would be complete whole. Like, no, for instance, when you're uploading that um, iPhone update or anything on your laptop, it has a warning or video games that say something like this. Do not cut this off while it's loading. It says if you cut it off while it's loading, you might suffer some consequences. Some of us, we cut the loading process off when God says you still got 30% of patience loading. 70% of patience cannot help something that needs 100% patience. So I have to let patience have its full effect. I have to let it fully load. Because there's a certain patience that marriage demands, <laughs> that marriage requires. There's a patience that parenting requires. And if you haven't let patience have its full effect, you won't be whole enough to parent. You won't be whole enough to be a husband. You won't be whole enough to be a wife. You won't be complete enough to compliment your spouse, to compliment your children. And you won't be able to know that you lack nothing, meaning that you you have a limited supply of love, limited supply of joy, limited supply of peace because you didn't allow the process to fully load. Hope to help. Thank you, coach, for your faithfulness to God and the kingdom. God gets the glory. You're welcome, family. How often does God speak to your heart? Different people, different situations. But, but I don't know how often. Um, but God can always speak to your heart if you read the word with an open heart. God will speak to you every day. If you have a heart that's open and a Bible that's open, hope to help. Got to go. Love y'all. Thank you so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. Thank y'all so much for your generosity in advance. However you uh, uh, share your generosity or you need support, if you need coaching, group coaching programs on mindset, on purpose, check out my masterclass, uh, December's masterclasses. Uh, we're talking about, it's called Mindset and Success. And I'm going to do that every month, uh, just giving guys value getting y'all in a class environment. Uh, a Zoom is different. When you're in the Zoom, when you're in a room in the, of the Zoom, uh, you get prayer, you get accountability, you get uh, uh, peers, you get to see me face-to-face, you get to interact with me. It's, it's just a different experience than YouTube because all I see is comments, but uh, I could be able to see your face and we can be able to engage in dialogue and really get, eat the scripture together and grow uh, together. And so check out those master classes. Check out all my books, all this stuff on my website, mycoachjosh.com. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.